What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the sixth episode of the Game League Podcast. Our first episode that we are streaming live on the interwebs. I am one of your hosts, Brad. Along with me is my faithful companion. Hey guys, this is Jed. How's it going? Everybody have a uh, at least a decent week, I hope. You came really loud. I need to mess really? with your audio. <laughs> I apologize for that. I didn't think I was screaming, but nah, it's uh, well. I just set all this new scenery up in in OBS, so a little bit of a learning yeah. curve. Um, I gotcha. think I I think I got you set correct now. Well, yeah. let's hope so. If not, some people's ears are gonna bleed. And for that, I apologize, guys. It's yeah. I mean, we'll 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 make it work the best we can. Um, yeah. So, um, if you're watching this, welcome. Uh, again, this is the Game Weaves podcast. We try and do this podcast uh, on a weekly basis. Um, for the first five episodes, we recorded uh, Saturday nights, and then through the power of editing, I get it up on the interwebs. Um, typically, Monday mornings at 8 o'clock, we release. Um, streaming was always something in the cards. We just wanted to make sure we had uh, kind of the right formula down i guess for it so that'd be the best way to put it at least a uh a good flow or a good mechanic of interaction yeah so basically um if you're new here or if you are a returning listener to the podcast or viewer of the youtube versions um this is going to be kind of its own separate thing um if you want to watch or catch the whole podcast or part of the podcast live unedited with any form of blooper or dead spot if that's what you're into or whatever come catch us on twitch.tv slash gameweebs um which is where you're watching us now if you don't have time because life is life or you're not really into the twitch scene and you'd rather just listen to us in audio format we are on anchor um again that post typically every monday morning at 8 a.m uh i also make a youtube version which uh, we'll be featuring this lovely background graphic um, that we are going off of right now. Um, so yeah, that's our little spiel. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We have a Twitter page. Uh, we do. We do. I said we uh, we we do have Anchor. We're on Twitch now. Um, yep. That's all well and good. So I guess we'll start this episode like we've started every episode. Um, Jed, how what, what? what have you been up to? tradition what is this yeah. nonsense <laughs> no i've been i've been doing all right um had a had kind of a real personal well, that's the way life goes sometimes oh, yeah. um, the uh gaming wise and 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 hobby wise shall we say um i've started uh putting a lot more time into valheim um i did a I'll, I'll say quite a bit of research on like architecture and building tips and harvesting tips um to try and make try and understand the building process a little better um, yeah it's got its own kind of architecture in there and it's not really based off of actual physics it's a lot more simplistic which is nice um so i've kind of been putting time into that and trying to expand the base and get portals up and, and try and get to the second boss the elder because uh, apparently once you get the elder harvesting becomes a lot easier and it's just pretty much you become a chainsaw um so working on that a bit um let's see uh still playing that potion craft demo that um i think i talked about briefly um 
that's turned into uh, a little bit of an interesting game. Uh, the people you get for some of the requests later on um, is weird. I had somebody who was looking for drugs to go to essentially a medieval rave party. That was uh, that was interesting. Um, other than that, like that's just about it. Playing a bit of the Apex Season Eight, um, but haven't really been hitting that real hard. Uh, just because when I come home, I'm not really focused enough to play it well. So, uh, just really putting a lot of time into Valheim, um, some uh, Warframe, some League of Legends, um, but mostly Valheim. Nice, nice. Yeah, I um, sure. I haven't touched Valheim in like three weeks. Um, I just, and it's nothing against the game. Um, we, my group of friends had a little bit of a server issue where things got kind of laggy. Um, I wasn't, um, they had skipped a world boss on me. They were willing to go back, but they were busy building, um, I think a roadway up a mountain that they had traveled up. Um, and it just like, I don't want to sound like a downer i just felt like i was like more of a hindrance because <laughs> mm-hmm. i came in like oh yeah I, I just got bronze armor uh, and they're like yeah we have wolf armor now and silver armor and we've beaten the first boss yeah. and, and I, it's a fun game but um i i stepped away from that for a little bit and then talking to my buddy uh josh he said the servers have been really laggy and 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 glitchy and they all kind of just took a break from it and they'll be back and i'm, I'm sure once I kind of have a little more free time. I'll be back. Um, I picked up a new set of Joy-Cons um, for my Switch. There so you I've go. kind You're of been putting... Problem. Yeah, I'm kind of putting some time in back into that. Um, where I I'm... I mean, I'm thinking about trading mine in for a newer one. Because I have a Gen 1 Switch and my battery's poop. But, I mean, it's great. I'm, I keep hearing rumors that they're going to have, or that Samsung is making an OLED screen for the Switch. So I'm waiting to see if they announce, if Nintendo officially announces something later this year. And then I'm sure GameStop mm-hmm. will be doing some bullshit, like, trade-in program where, you know, you trade in your old Switch and you get pretty much all the money for a new one or whatever bullshit. So I'll probably do yep. that. We're just going to sell it for even higher as a resale. Yeah, so um, I've just, like kind of gotten back into like octopath traveler and played a little bit of smash here and there um i got super back into marvel's avengers um yeah i saw you playing that the other day yeah yeah i was working through i'm working through the kate bishop dlc because the hawkeye dlc comes out on the 18th i believe it's either the 16th or the 18th so i have like a week to get through the dlc there's no way in hell i'm maxing out the rest of my avenger team um simply because it's just gonna take too long um that'd be a lot of play yeah the downside is they're changing the xp curve for leveling so it, it is what it is i mean i could probably not update the game and play single player for like the rest of the month to get all my characters up to hard level 50 and then from there um do the whole gear grind but we'll see i mean i plan on jumping on tonight after this um there you go for a little bit um but yeah that's that's pretty much been it i caught up and finished wandavision yesterday um any of that (laughs) i am thinking now that we have this fancy schmancy twitch channel and everything i'm thinking about doing a solo spoiler cast review 
um, probably tomorrow at some point in time just to nerd out about that. Um, so anybody who is listening tonight and would like to hear my thoughts on the season or the, not the season, but the series finale of WandaVision, um, you know, swing, swing by tomorrow or keep it on our Twitter. Cause I'll probably post if, and when I do that, um, you, you know, that's just that my D and D group got together last night and, you know, you chances being chances. That's kind of what today's whole entire episode is about is our D and D group. So glorious world of tabletop RP. Yeah. So for those of you at home who don't, or have never partaken in a tabletop role-playing game. Um, easiest way to, to kind of go about it, you've got Dungeons & Dragons, probably one of the most popular uh, tabletop role-playing games out there. Uh, by pop culture standards, um, it's essentially run with anywhere between two to upwards of, I'd say, comfortably six people. Um, Depends on how much of a challenge you're looking for. You'll yeah. see some people really good. Like uh, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of a show called, if not Twitch, YouTube. Uh, they have like upwards of seven people, and they'll sometimes have guests in for up to eight. It all really depends on what you feel they like can handle. But a good sized group, I would personally like. Even six for me is a lot. I think five is my so far my perfect size group. Yeah. Yeah. So. You're talking, we'll say for expose, um, you've got six people, including the dungeon master. Um, your players are the characters in the world that is being built in the theater of the mind. Uh, your dungeon master kind of acts as your computer, where he is number crunching, storytelling, and trying to paint that picture. So you can let your imaginations run wild in the fantasy worlds of, most commonly, the Forgotten Realms. Um, I mean, this has spawned... Tabletop RPGs have spawned various themes. You've got, like I said, Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, there's... Uh, there are... Shadow. Yep, the Shadow Run. There's uh, Star Wars tabletops. There's Fallout tabletops. There's Zombie Apocalypse tabletops. There's... I mean, I'm sure if you could think it, there's probably a tabletop version yeah. for it for people who want to get into it. Yeah, if you have a desire to play tabletop in like a specific genre you like, whether it be space, medieval, fantasy, urban, sci-fi, doesn't really matter. There's there's definitely a tabletop out there that you can uh, use. And if you find that you like a certain dice system, like Shadowrun is a D6 system. It doesn't use D20, D10s, or anything. It's just D6s and increasing number of D6s. That's it. Um, D&D is a D20 uh, style game. It uses uh, anywhere from a D4 to a D20 um, for any numerous amounts of roles. Any numerous roles. Um, so there, every every system has its own quirks and, and, and benefits. But yeah, if you're looking for a certain style of of or a certain theme for a tabletop, look around. There's going to be one out there that you can at least get your hands in and see how it plays. Um, and again, if you like a system, but there's nothing out there for that genre, it's okay to make, it's okay to test homebrew um, yep. after a little bit of, of experience and just try and see if uh, you can make your own. Um, I love it. Like I'm in the middle, I'm currently in the middle of uh, uh, finishing up, I think the first act and a half of my home 
uh, game that I plan on starting up as soon as the world goes back to not being crazy. Yep. Yeah, I'm currently myself in the middle of a homebrew campaign that I started uh, about a few months ago, um, and it's just that's that's the beauty of these kind of games. Um, you know, like Jed said, if you have a system that you like and you're used to, you can let your imagination run wild. Um, myself, I've thrown a little Fallout-esque sci-fi blasters into excuse me, the Dungeons and Dragons world, um, where my adventuring party went from the Forgotten Realms into this new realm, and they're trying to relearn how to interact with these types of people and stuff, and it's it's been fun, and it's been interesting. Um, it's been a learning curve, not only for them, where a few of them aren't too savvy on 5th edition, but, uh... You know, and it, it's been definitely a learning curve with me where I'm not, I don't have a book to reference back to. This is all just stuff that I'm coming out of with my head and it's a lot more planning involved and, and whatnot. But it's definitely, it's fun. Um, the scenarios I get or I find that the party gets themselves into is, is hilarious and, and fun. Um, I think it's, I think one of the greatest things about any kind of RPG, honestly, though, man, is the fact that you'll have these uh, groups. Like, I have, <laughs> there are so many, I have a couple of stories of games I've DM'd or games I've been in, where, as people, you think them to be intelligent and logical, and then you put them in a game and put them in a stressful situation or put them in a decision-making situation that's timed, and suddenly the most obvious choice they can't seem to come up with, or the, or, or a, even a decision they seem to struggle with. And I think it's funny just watching some of these people and challenging some of my friends just to see how far they go before the rabbit hole consumes them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely fun. Um so, you know, in in the realm of thinking and planning a, a tabletop on a player's perspective. Um and this is kind of how I wanted to roll this episode out. I want to talk uh, firstly about character creation. Ah, the one thing that scares a lot of people away. Yeah. <laughs> um and I'm not like this is no tutorial podcast on like this is how you make a D&D character, but yeah. I want to Got time for that. <laughs> no, ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, but I guess what we could talk about, um, and this is kind of why it might be its own rabbit hole in itself, Jed, what would be probably your most bizarre character you think I think or you think you've ever created? <laughs> My most bizarre character? Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, my most bizarre character has got to be the one that my loving girlfriend allowed me to play for a game that she came up with. His name is uh, Calrec the Devourer. Um, he is the only insane character I have ever played, and she can't stand him because he creeps her out. Um, He's just a little turtle. <laughs> <laughs> just a little turtle. Yeah. He's not some seven-foot-tall, insane snapping turtle. No way. <laughs> no, he's got to be. Sniff like Joe I'd Biden. say, I'd say from my from from a playing standpoint, from a player standpoint, I think Calrec would have to be my most ambitious character and most interesting. Um, I think ambitious because the play style and the background that I've come up with him in 
is a really challenging RP style for me to have to do and be able to flip between. Um, but from a character mechanic standpoint wise, <coughs> excuse me, excuse me, uh, from a character standpoint mechanics wise, um, he's actually quite straightforward and simple at the moment. Yeah. Um, most of his interesting stuff for me is in the fact that he is um, the RP way that I chose to play him. Um, trying to play him as, I'll say, a multi-personality, insane person um, is uh, quite a challenge, but it allows me to experiment and have fun with social interactions. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that makes him probably, probably one of the most, I'll say, unexpected or un unplanable characters I have um, yeah. it's because of the way that I've chosen to have his character or his characteristics be now would you say in terms of so for the, the listeners at home um, Jed, Jed and I like to role play in go figure in a tabletop role playing game uh, yeah. would, would you say it's easier to kind of get into the headspace of Calrac or harder almost method actor-esque like to role play as that character being as as bizarre and left field as that character is for me it's difficult um strictly because this is not something in five i'm not gonna say they haven't made this one thing unnecessary or useless but they've to me they've made it like where you don't even really have to worry about it depending on how you play the game um, so they have an alignment modifier, which dictates or generally is supposed to dictate to the DM how your character is going to react to a certain situation. Mm -hmm. Goes everything from lawful good to chaotic evil. Um, I naturally, as a person, am, I want to say chaotic good. Um, yeah, I always I believe that. I tend towards the good side of things. I'm a little forgetful. I sometimes don't think things all the way through, but I know the outcome will be good. That kind of shit. Yep. Um, Calrac is difficult for me personally because he is essentially the polar opposite of me. Yep. So his headspace is much more difficult or I'll say much more toxic for me to be in because it's not assigning value to people. Like, I, when I'm playing Calrac, like, I don't think of people as this is my companion, this is someone I care for. It's more of, this one's a bag of meat. Do they smell delicious? Yes? No. No? Can they help me? No? Great. Kill them and move on. Like, no. there's no, there's nothing, no kind of caring or no desire it's, to care. Right. But it definitely, like, it, uh, see, I could get behind that way of thinking and find that probably... <laughs> A little easier to follow. See, that's difficult for me because naturally me as a person, I'm, again, I'm usually good. I like to help people. Where Calrac will come in a situation and be like, does this any way, shape, and or form help, excuse me, help me get to where I want to be or where I need to be? If it's no, then he's not going to help that person regardless of how much they cry, how much they deserve it or anything. He's not going to give a shit. Right. And that's personally difficult mm -hmm. um and one of the things that i love about the game is that it makes me go through these social interactions or these social situations where i may not have an out that i want 
and have to approach it differently. And that's what CalRAC forces me to do. He forces me to take situations that I normally would just have an auto response for and have to think of it differently. And it, it, it can be challenging for me, especially when it comes to like party members and, 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 you know, trying to keep party members alive or thinking that, you know, this person needs to stay alive because it can help. It's yeah. rather than saving everybody. It's like, all right, I can pick this one person in the whole group. Everybody else can die. And I don't give a shit. Okay. Interesting. We've seen Calrac. You're in the group. He's uh oh, I know. He's he's pretty much like it's literally like oh yeah, this person can help me out if we get in a situation where the other people in the group are like have knives to their throat or right. you know are in a situation where they need to be saved. And Calrac's like, huh, I got a fifty percent giant di- chance doing this. Nah, bro, you're good. You can get yeah. this shit, and he'll walk off. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I get it. That's him. Yep. Um, but no, I think I think character-wise, he's my most um, uh, interesting. Bizarre. Yeah. Um, when it comes to mechanic-wise, uh, I think the most interesting one I have would have to be Elathar. Elathar. I remember yeah. Elathar. But that's just because Artificer as a class is a very it, invi- it requires you to think. Yep, um, it sure does. The, the beginning of having to uh, word how you're going to use your tools and crap to be able to do your spells. You can't just have a focus and do them or concentrate and form like a restangit in your hand and throw it at somebody. Like it doesn't work for artificers that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he is. Uh, I think Elithar is probably my mechanically most interesting. Um, Everybody else other than that is pretty much straightforward. Uh, I do have one character in the chamber for a game that may happen after TOA. Um, yeah. But other than that, that's uh, that's all I got. Okay. Most other people I play are pretty much straightforward. Because I've only been, I haven't done, well, as you know, I haven't had a lot of player time. Most of my time has been spent DMing. DMing, yeah. Um, yeah. Same uh, which I don't mind. I, I enjoy nope. it as long as as long as I can make the game interesting for others. Like I want people to interact. I want people to have fun and shit. Yep. If I get a sense for my players that the game is boring, like I just I cancel the game. I'm like, nope, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and put time in a game where people feel like they have to come. Like that's not yeah. why I wanna play. No, I feel that. I definitely feel that. I don't really think I have. Well, I say, what about you? What do you have? Who is your most interesting character to play RP wise? And oh. don't go through renditions. Moss only gets one choice. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I have no yeah. idea. You know. Yeah, I bet. No, I, I Moss. I think isn't just. I mean, he transcends. And we'll this this was gonna be my next my next question, so I'm not even gonna scratch the surface of Moss until a, a bit later in the show. <laughs> um, but I'd say um, probably my most bizarre character would have to be Zalorin. Um, basically, I got the I have to say yes. <laughs> I I got the idea the initial idea off of TikTok back when I originally downloaded TikTok and found D and D Talk. Um, where uh, a player or a DM, I don't even know if he was a DM or whatnot, um, brought up the idea of 
a player falls in battle and he seems happy about it. The wizard picks up the player's weapon to try and sell it. And then the wizard has to make a constitution saving throw, fails it. The player who fell now controls the wizard. He was never the body. He was the sword. It was a cursed item. So, and this actually is in, I'm currently using Zolaran in your homebrew game. Um, uh -huh. We kind of worked it out and spoiler for everybody who's listening to the podcast now, since I was trying to keep that under wraps. Um, <laughs> wah, knowledge, they can't do shit with it. Um, my character is is was never the physical body that the other players envision. He's a cursed weapon with a soul that has been trapped in it for thousands of years that takes control after making a deal with the person in the physical plane. And I've actually I I enjoyed playing him so much the few games that we got to play. Um, and he has other influences too. Um, mainly two characters from a animated, we'll call it a short at this point, um, <coughs> has, has been hotel, um, done by busy pop. So good. So good. I'm waiting a, <laughs> oh, I think man. a, not a 24, some production company picked that up and like, is going to do a full fledged, series i really hope that. so man that was so good um but i kind of am basing his general uh just the way he holds himself as a mix of two characters alistor and angel dust um that's how i i play him and i'm, I'm having a lot of fun it kind of takes me out of my comfort zone a little just a little bit i mean moss was very mm -hmm. uh theatrical at times when inebriated um yep. where this character is just out loud and theatrical all the time unless he's yeah. pissed it off you to interact. um and then when he gets mad he gets really like dead center focused on his target which you know it's just I, it's a it was a different way of playing which i really enjoyed um so much like i said i i brought him into my homebrew game and he is currently an npc that may or may not be traveling uh with the adventuring party that i am running right now um, i don't know if that's a good thing to have <laughs> well they made the deal and um taking time bombs are us no i i think it's gonna be fine um uh, but you know i he just and it got me into playing a different class i mean for a while i would do charisma based classes where this time i'm playing a fighter eldritch knight which i guess is still kind of charisma based but it's more physical than magic um so it forces me to get up and interact in combat yep which i'm not really used to <laughs> so i'm taking a nope. lot more risks um the other character for your girlfriend's campaign um i literally just took him and based him off of caustic from apex so <laughs> i mean it's not i i normally can play a villain pretty well um yep. So when I, I looked at that, I was like, nope, this is this is how I'm going to play this guy, yep. um, which has been the, the few sessions we played has been pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that Zolaren would definitely be the most bizarre character. I, I definitely would have to agree with you on that one. And just even from a DMing standpoint, it's very interesting the capabilities that are at my fingertips for tying that character's story into the I mean we've um, had we've had a I've given you a bunch of stuff throughout a few different characters now. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But this one this one I very much 
I will say I this was fits with the world. Well, like, yeah, for the world that I'm building and for the world that I'm that's in development. Yeah, the concept and the idea behind the character is just so perfect with the concepts, ideologies, and potential outcomes of certain people. Yeah, no, um, that that's fair. Like I I fully loved. Um, the first campaign I, I ran. Um, oh, the, uh, that, and that's mainly yeah. cause that's where Moss was <laughs> created. Um, and he's <laughs> my baby. Oh. I was so like semi upset, like real talk for a minute before we get into our next little tidbit <laughs> conversation. I was so upset when that, like, and I understand why, and we don't have to really get into it, why it had yep. to end. Yep. Um, but I, it was just, I was just bummed. I, I was bumming because yeah. I knew yeah. that that was that was the end of Moss's adventure, and Moss one, yeah. and Moss probably wasn't gonna get another adventure uh, anytime soon, at least with that yeah. party. And it was just like, oh man. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, unfortunately, not every game is meant for every player, and uh, not every group is for every DM. Shall yep. we say? It's, no, uh, I, and I understand player. that wholeheartedly. Yep, yep. But, uh, no, that was probably, that was my first run at a campaign. And I have to say that that one game has probably produced some of my most interesting memories of the game. I mean, that birth Testicle Trauma Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) So let me set the scene up for the listeners. Jed is, and this is coming from a player's perspective, Jed is creating this world where we are delving into a dungeon and there's this orc encampment and it's just, we're fighting these these monsters and, and in comes me, a humble bard, a humble bard of the College of Whispers. And not only do I decide to make my bard a changeling, but I play up the fact that I am a full-blown saboteur. Yep. And I, I get in there and I fuck with all the enemy's heads. So when the party actually comes and finds me finally and decides not to kill me for lying to them and <laughs> for the seventh time tricking them and running away from uh, them. Uh fucking Draylin. Our our <laughs> our tank gets into a fight and I proceed to use my bardic inspiration by telling him to kick the enemy in the sack so hard because it is in fact testicle trauma tuesday oh it was a good game <laughs> that or my my kick him in the taint just kick that dragon in the taint and then he rips yep. the dragon's head off yeah oh uh, good time i will tell you what never ever will i ever give a barbarian of the battle rager background boots of springing in my life ever again yeah i mean he jumped Fucking the hell out of that dragon and ripped its head off yep between that and the bardic inspiration i mean that was just freaking ridiculous yeah that was a big no-nos freaking ridiculous no it was it was fun i had a lot I of love fun that with that game. Game, there was man. i will say this there was one trap in that game that i wish you guys hadn't that you guys didn't um trip um or it didn't trip the way I was hoping you would. Um, somebody rolled a good perception, I forget. Uh, you guys were walking past a river, and yeah. someone caught 
uh, what's called a roper on the other side of the river. Uh, ropers are, um, we'll say, stalactite, stalagmite, imitating monsters that have yep. giant tentacles. What was supposed to or what I was hoping was going to happen is you guys weren't going to see it. You were going to continue past. And after you get a certain point, it ambushes you. And it yep. throws out four tentacles that are 40 feet, grabs you, and then pulls you 20 feet. And it would have pulled all of you into the river. <laughs> That's just mean. And you guys would have had one shot to get out. And if you missed it, your character would have drowned. Because after that point, it was like five or six miles of underground water travel till it's dispatched on the other side of the mountain. <laughs> See, that's just mean. I read that and I was like, that's evil and simple. And I love it. <laughs> and I could just end the campaign right here. Just... <clears throat> someone rolled a good perception roll on it and I was like god damn it <clears throat> excuse me uh, it was it was that, I mean I enjoyed that campaign certain yeah certain so, things aside so I really enjoyed that campaign a lot um <laughs> I think uh another good memory I have is uh from the game I was running with you it was you uh, you were the DM me uh your lovely wife and our buddy and um he just put his whole arm in oh. him, the, the, the elf pudding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was oh, the thing. God. Elf pudding. That was so funny. Just so funny. And we use that see I loved that campaign and I loved and hated it. Because it was so easy to you guys made it so easy to express like imagination oh yeah um when it came to like all right we're gonna add i'm gonna fucking add this container of elf pudding and it's gonna be so sticky that you can rip a goblin's face off yeah that was probably the funniest part is when he like two-faced the goblin (laughs) Or face mm-hmm. off the goblin. <laughs> that was probably like I. One of my top ten favorite D and D moments. You know, Autumn still talks about like she brought up that the other day we were talking about it, and um. It was a good game. She, she even brought up. She was like, "I still can't believe you made us go in there, and <laughs> fucking Pete killed so many goblins that had nothing to do with this, and made so many orphans." And I was like, "Yeah." You guys turned out to be the bad guys. Like, shit happens. You didn't get all the details. You didn't get all the details, and you rushed in. We didn't try. Like, and that's the thing. And that was something uh, that I actually was watching uh, uh, an episode of of people who play D&D professionally talking about their game. And one thing they brought up was that it's amazing how you take unknowingly or subconsciously you take concepts that you have in the real world and they affect your D&D game yep. um, like there are when, when it comes to like goblins or monsters I have found and after hearing that I look back and thought and it's true like every time I've ever played if I've ever been approached by something that was described like a monster or was described like something where me as a person naturally associate as a bad thing in D, I was automatically just reacting as such like automatically attacking goblins not thinking of goblins as intelligent creatures that would have their own system and such yeah. like that never came across but when you think about it it's 
no, they're sentient creatures. Like, they didn't say they were a beast or an aberration or anything like that. Like, they have a sentience to them. So it's it's definitely been... All the experiences or some of the experiences I've had in D&D have definitely helped me just stop for a second and reevaluate some of my thoughts that I have even in real life. Yep. It's like, well, maybe this isn't really a monster. Maybe it's something you can talk to and either come to an understanding or identify what the differences are from there. Yep. Yep. Oh, for real. Like, it's it's funny. Like, I'll do the same thing like my current the campaign I'm running right now. Um, I've taken so much inspiration, even story-wise. Not even, like, talking how you'd handle monsters and, and dealing yep. with that, but, like story-wise i have taken so much from the the media i have consumed even in this last month to write play sessions and overarching themes like i introduced a whole new big bad guy uh into this past week's session that seemed to legitimately scare one of our party members who generally doesn't give a fuck about See, like the enemy it, it was a wicked good thing i was very like giddy at the time good um that it happened um so uh, to to back up this is the story or this is the campaign i started this campaign about two years ago to kind of give you listeners a backdrop this is actually the old Fandolin campaign so um yep i remember that yep jed was involved jed's girlfriend was involved um my best friend brandon his boyfriend justin my wife um so and this was the first game i had ever dm'd so i looked up and did some research and found out like what's a good starter campaign lost minds of phandalin uh which was fun and as i got more comfortable and this is how i kind of this is what i've recommended to people who want to get into dming who have talked to me um or haven't dm'd for a while and i'll say this here pick up a a a beginner's game like phandalin um the white dragon of snowcap peak um fuck even tales from the yawning portal like pick up a that you can also pick up a candle keep adventures Yep, well, when that comes out. Um, oh, that's right. I said out yet, mother. Nope. You can pre-order it, though. And you get a oh. very... You get a dope-ass dice set from D&D Beyond if you pre-order it through there. Like, the digital dice. Which, I'm going to get into that in a second, too. Um, well, in terms of accessibility and systems. Um, but, like, pick up a beginner's adventure. I like the Dragon of Snow Peak. I think it's Snowcap or Peak or... Ice Peak. Ice Peak. That's what it is. Um, I really like that adventure for first first timers, players or yep. or DMs, mainly because that story was written to be played with one player and one DM. So if you have somebody who is interested in playing but they don't they're too shy to be in a big group at first or you're you're too shy to DM a big group at first, like that's a perfect game because it gives mm-hmm. you NPCs that you can use as player characters and, and yada yada. Um, I speak's also a good learning tool. I yeah. mean, if you're looking to DM and you've never DM'd but want to have one-on-one time with a DM to be able to ask questions, you run that. Mm-hmm. Have your DM or the person that's going to be your DM have them run the the player. Player. You can put. You can make. You can give them NPCs if you want. But I mean, if you're well, no, that's a decent. That, right, but that game is like it. 
it has a companion like that was the birth of the companion system for well that's what years, i mean so. like that's what i mean you could give them a companion like they have in there or if the person is confident on their own you can let them run by yourself and then that can also have uh, alternate stats for different uh exchanges if there's no companion yeah something like that but like it's so picking up a, a starter campaign like that um especially one that has multiple acts um in my well for my case like picking up Fandolin, that game has four acts in it um and you can go as fast or as slow through them as possible and what i kind of did is i started rewriting or adding different things as the group got farther um like there was a whole um almost like criminal syndicate that was laying in hiding that I started playing around with, with these guys. I killed off the town master and had the group pretty much help vote on who should be the next head of the town. That was an interesting uh, diplomatic part. Well, was, and that's, uh, I wanted to get the guy. It was a like, different race. It was yep. nice. I, um, we added the dragon that, that you guys were supposed to fight. Um, I allowed them to role play completely out of that scenario and included a druid npc and like it just it helped build confidence on all right like as long as the players are having fun the world can be whatever um but that would be my recommendation like pick up a beginning adventure um so Mm -hmm. yeah so that's kind of the background like the fandolin group uh we finished fandolin and they didn't even complete that campaign. Like they never even made it to the last act. We finished that totally different than how it was meant to be finished simply because that's where the decisions took us. Yeah. They, you guys decided not to really question. You failed some perception roles and stuff. And like the bad guy of that game won. like, out into the world. Yeah. Unchallenged. <laughs> so, to, to, I guess I, another spoiler alert, anybody who who hasn't run Fandolin yet or is running Fandolin, I'm sorry, but uh, the Black Spider, a drow warlock, uh, is hunting for this mine and anvil that can create magical artifacts. And he has two doppelgangers under his control and i use one of the doppelgangers to essentially assimilate the person that the group was looking for um and they killed off that person the bad guys did because the group took too long so when the group found him he was like oh yeah i'll pay you and the group was like fuck it yeah let's get paid and he was like all right i'll be on your way bye mm-hmm. and that was it like that was That's the exactly end of the campaign <laughs> yep um yep. I remember that. Yeah. And we talked about it after and I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And that's just like, that's the way it went. So the group after that kind of split, um, Jed and his girlfriend had to, had won way too many games they were invested in. Um, yeah. At that time there were, and the other three kind of wanted to keep going. So I, I created another adventure for them that led them to, Striking a deal with the Avatar of Luck and Fortune and getting sucked into a different realm altogether. Um, we've law we since then gained a bard. Uh, my buddy Josh has been playing a College of Valor bard, which has been pretty okay. awesome. Um, and then um, Autumn had switched up her character. She has thus left the game, so now I'm playing with a three-man band of 
my best friend Brandon playing his rogue Belric, his boyfriend Justin playing his um, essentially necromancer uh, Crescendo, which I am so excited for the new... Yeah, Crescendo went from being like a cleric of both domains to just a straight death domain cleric. Um, and he's also he's also part vampire now, thanks to a f- boss fight and getting bit oh, by a vampire. God. So I got to create a whole custom vampire like subclass for him. Um, Interesting. Which... You'll have to look at uh, the new book coming out. Ravenloft. Uh, Ravenloft. Yeah, we were yeah, we were just talking about vampire that. Vampire Yep. Yeah, we were just talking about that, and I told him we were gonna look at that. Or I'm, I need to tell him we're gonna look at that and see if that's better for his character, or if what I came up with mm-hmm. is better for his character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have Corian, the uh, Bardlock. He just was able to uh, do a subclass into a warlock, so he's having fun with that. Um, I that's unnecessarily broken. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm just doing it so you can throw harder stuff at us." So I said, "Okay." And I created a whole new bad guy. Um, so to set the scene, they were looking for some raiders, the group. Um, and there were all four of them were there. Autumn had told me she wanted out because, you know, she is baking baby and has to sleep. Yep. Um, so I said, all right, I'll NPC your character for a little while for the next two sessions. And if you really want out, like, I'll write you out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the group was like, oh, how are you going to write her out? I'm like, don't worry about it. You'll see. Not your concern. <laughs> so... At first, my original plan was I was going to have her character make a deal with Zolorin. And okay. was going to be like, oh, I got a new body. I'm going to go off and do some stuff. But then we got into this encounter, and I kind of on the fly wrote up a big bad. Okay. So they met. They, they were tasked to deal with these raiders. And they go and they find a small camp of four, no, three raiders holding a hostage. And they kidnapped one of the raiders, and they interrogated him, and it was great. And then they were like, all right, this kid's not going to talk. Fuck it. We're going to fight. So they start fighting. And the gnome starts kind of the the prisoner gnome tries to start getting away. And then this dragonborn shows up in, like, shiny knight in shining armor, armor with a sword and a shield. And the only downside is the gnome looks fucking scared shitless. And the Dragonborn starts killing the raiders. And the group at first, like, Corian just didn't trust him at all. He was like, hey, what are you doing? And the Dragonborn's like, oh, I'm after the the gnome. And the gnome's like, yeah, he's after me. Fuck. And Corian's like, well, I think that if I have the gnome, you'll pay me money. So fuck you. So they kind of, Corian tries to go after him. He literally is like, huh, and pays him no mind. They kill off the raiders. And okay. he's like, look it, I have a contract to take the gnome in. It's for 2,000 gold. I will drop 1,000 gold on you right now. Just give me the guy and we'll be on our way. Uh-huh. And the group's like, no, no, you're lying, like, whatever. And our rogue mage hands pickpockets this dragonborn. Finds a sack okay. of these purple prism crystals. And he's like, oh, what the fuck are these? Oh, God. So as they never touch colored gems from somebody. As 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 they're arguing (laughs) over this gnome, the dragonborn's like, "Look, you really don't want to get involved. There's one bandit left, or raider left. He was the one they captured. He's tied up. He's hurting. He fell down a, a rough terrain, broke his ankle. He's screaming. The dragonborn walks up and just decapitates him." 
And like <laughs> the way I've been voicing and playing him, like picture if All Might from My Hero was a Dragonborn, but Sinister. Like picture the okay. smile and like the have no fear, I am here type of like attitude, but just like <laughs> decapitating people and just turning around and being like, I'm not done. Like you, he's coming with me, and they're like, no, yeah. he's not. So I had them you all roll a perception that. check last night. And the only person to make it was Belric. So I go, all right, in the midst of the conversation, Belric, you happen to notice a figure appear behind Liara or Liana. Her eyes get wide. She clutches her midsection. And you notice the red glint of blood dripping between her fingers. And (laughs) I said, and before you can do anything, she essentially polymorphs into a purple crystal prism. That the figure picks up, smiles at you, and evaporates into nothing. And I oh. pop him back out into the plane of secrets. And Belric just goes, nope, you know what? Here you go. And he takes the mage hands, grabs the sack of prisms that he had tied up on the tree, throws them, and is like, be on your way. Like, I want nothing to fucking do with that. Sorry. <laughs> well, up to this point, like, Autumn's character was a big heavy hitter. She, she, So she wasn't playing... Um, her her hunter anymore she she made a new character said it was her hunter's sister um who was a draconic fire sorcerer and she had she was just doing work like she had dope spells and everything nasty wizards are better but take a lot more to play but sorcerers are disgusting yeah and she was it was all like she was playing like a pyromancer you know she had a fire Um, Memphis, Minutes, Meteors, yep. Fireball, obviously, just Firebolt. Yep. And um, yep. Belric literally watched her get one-shotted. And he was like, <laughs> nope, I'm, I'm done. See ya, peace. So, like, and that was just really fun because I was like, oh, I, like, this guy, this guy is going to be fun to play against them. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so they find out the gnomes, like, you know, I witnessed some shady shit going down, and the king of the southern kingdom wants me dead, like, or wants me. <laughs> and I'm trying to get across the fucking world map. So it sounds nope. like, you know, we, we kind of ended before another major encounter because, admittedly, I was passing out. Um, well, at that point, it's probably a good idea anyways because another major encounter, like, major encounters can take anywhere from a couple yeah. rounds to fucking hours. Right. So, like, I was like, all right, like, I'm getting tired. You know, the group thought it was kind of lame. I felt kind of, I did not kind of, I felt bad because I was falling asleep. Oh, um, you put in a good session already. Like, I mean, you got yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna pick it back up in two weeks because um, we play every other week. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing. Like they they decided oh, yeah. to take the gnome, so like this dude's oh, like he he straight up told them, pointed his sword at them all, pointed his sword at the gnome, and said, "I'm not done with you." And literally, I had him just fade into nothingness. So like. Yeah. We're kind of meshing like a Final Fantasy type of oh, yeah. just it's going to be dope. Um, oh, yeah. So I guess my next question, and I know like you're doing your big homebrew now, but I know you've yep. done some homebrew one shots and stuff. Yeah. Who who would you say your favorite big bad is that you've ever gotten to role play and or have gotten to create? That's not Calrax, because you already picked him. Well, Calrax's not a big bad. Calrax's just an insane, 
carnivorous turtle. But he's a bad guy. Well, to be fair, just because he's a bad guy doesn't make him a bad guy. Exactly. He's a fuzzy turtle. He just somewhat occasionally leans to if it takes 30 people to fucking get what I want that have to die, then so be it. I get what I want. Um, I think my favorite big bad... I think my favorite big bad that I've gotten to play so far, and this is going to sound extremely cliche, yep. is a big bad that I kind of made up on the spot for a one-shot I did, and I called him Legion. Okay. Um, he was a dwarf... Uh, well, was in the body of a dwarf, but essentially the party had gotten to a point where a ritualistic cult had been sacrificing people to their god for months and months and months. And uh, I believe it was years. Um, anyways, they were disposing of bodies by cremating them. They had a big bonfire, and they were just throwing the bodies on there after their blood had been. Um, and the group had been sent in to save a noble's family, and the family had been murdered. Um, so the druid that was in the group, who ever so kindly pulled some shenanigans throughout the game that pretty much made all the scenarios I came up with, like, trash, yeah. decided he was going to cast Resurrection on the pile of cremated bones. That's bad. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna... He's like, he grabbed a piece of her cloth and like just used that as like a focus over the bones. Well, he resurrected a dwarf, was supposed to resurrect an elf, and the dwarf was inhabited by all the restless souls that had been sacrificed to this god. And essentially was insane. Like, knew that it was a, an amalgamation of memories and voices and different people, but didn't understand, like, it was a child learning kind of thing. Yeah. And there, there was a scene where they were trying to leave, and the dwarf legion was following them, and they all look at the dwarf and go, all right, well, this one's going to take you. And in this straight voice with my head slightly cocked to the side, high-pitched voice, emotionless, that I just went, okay. And I just raised my arms up, like waiting for the eagle to pick him up. Yeah. And that, like, that was it for the party. The party was like, nope, we're done. They tried to fly off or have the griffin that was carrying the dwarf just fly off into the clouds. Um, yeah. They thought everything was okay, and then they turned around, saw a bolt of black lightning through the sky, saw this heat fall to the ground, and then just heard this maniacal laughter from, like, a thousand different voices of different octaves and tones just rumble like thunder throughout the clouds, and they were like, we're... <laughs> no, 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 no. <coughs> Excuse me, that was probably my favorite, favorite bad guy to play, uh, just yeah. because it was... Like Calrac, it was different, but this was more of a impromptu. How would how would a child respond if young, not understanding why it's being told, but knowing or feeling like it should listen? Yeah, and that's how I played it, and it was just it was so much fun. It sounds. Really- <sighs> 
that one's going to be making a, uh, a reappearance in the, at Good. some point. That's going to be awesome. Because <laughs> <laughs> most of the homebrews I've done, I'm I'm kind of weird. And I'll come up with, like, when I'm doing the history for my world now, I'll come up with scenarios where I'm not really sure how I want it to play out. And that's what I'll base my one shots off. Like, yeah. I'll come up with a scenario or if I come up with a fight or an altercation or even a diplomatic situation where I'm not sure how it would play out. Yeah. I'll set up a one shot, get four or five friends in, and we'll play it out. And however that plays out, that's the history that's involved. Yep. Um, so that's definitely where where Legion comes from for my game. Um, there are a few others that are that are good making their way in. I do have a couple big bads or a couple bad guys in my homebrew campaign that I'm interested to play. Uh, the BBEG, um, which all my players know the name of because um, of Session Zero. I gave them a bit of background of the homebrew because it's kind of complicated. Yeah, um, just a little bit. So, yeah, so the BBEG, <laughs> everybody knows. Uh, Balkoth, he's going to be a lot of fun for me to play uh, strictly because his avatar I got thanks to you or the monster he's going to be based off of I got thanks to you. Thanks um, to me? What did I do? Yeah, it's a TikTok you sent me forever ago. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I can't. Um, there's another one that's, that's roaming the lands that actually the group may not encounter because it's a random encounter on the random encounter sheet when you're in a certain zone, so they may not even see it. This um, just means I'm going to make it my mission to find said bid bad. Oh man, there there are some ones that I just I'm very characteristic wise. Well, they're not technical. I'm very interested to see how the group that I have for the game at the moment will react. Um, true, true that. I'm I'm interested to see how they'll handle certain situations and how they'll react to certain things. Because and that was another thing. Like you were there. That was one thing I told you guys when we started. Is this game may have moments where it's going to make you feel uncomfortable and I'm not no. doing it to be like to be an asshole and to like offend anybody. Yep. I do it to set the stage. Like yeah. there's hey, a certain feeling that I like to try and instill in people for certain enemies or certain yep. good guys. The hey, best man. way I know how to make it. exactly. You didn't you you have yet to make your party kill an encampment of goblin children because your berserker decided to go into a blood rage and uh the dm forced the berserker to go oh no you play out that blood rage yep you come no you come talk to You're me raging. when you hit that level <laughs> squeak um but no, like it was, there just some situations that I knew were going to make people uncomfortable. Yep. Um, but I think that's one of the things that I, I like about D&D is you can, you can put people in situations where they have to either think, think differently or react differently yep. because the situation determines it to be so. Yep. Uh, and I also, there's a sick side of me after watching so many D&D games that there's a concept or or a way for DMs to actually, in a way, pit the group against each other. Like, you yep. have them have to make a decision mm -hmm. that requires one of them to lose something. And if you're players have been like talking together or have been RPing well enough and have been getting along and, and actually trying to yep. do the full the full RP experience. 
no one player is going to let their friends sacrifice a major part of them to have something happen. They're going to want to do it. Yep. Like that's, that's generally how friendships are. Like you don't want your friend to sacrifice something, but you're willing to sacrifice something. Be that way. They can be happy. Um, and it's, it's an interesting dichotomy and an interesting, um, position to be able to get your players into where suddenly you're no longer driving what they're thinking and going to do it's all them their anxieties and their ideas yep i love it it's fun man like i enjoy it (laughs) i have so much fun dming i'm honestly i don't feel i'm that great of a player um because i have moments where it is very difficult for me to stay in character like i will come up with ideas that i then have to sit there for five to ten minutes and remind myself nope you can't do this your character wouldn't think of it it's not part of their wheelhouse that kind of shit yeah um it it's very difficult for me to stay in character sometimes but as a dm it's much easier for me to put my players or to set up a situation for my players and let them do what they're going to do and then react and try to, I don't, I'm not a DM that likes to try and kill my players. I like the narrative side. Yeah. However, I like to play with people and I like to make it challenging, which means yep. I'm not going to give them a free roll or I'm not going to give them a gimme on an athletics or an acrobatics if they fail it or two. Yeah. Um, if you sit there and you try and call an attack, oh, I'm going to stab his eyes or slit, slit their throat or cut their tendon or something. I'm going to make the armor class higher. Why? Because in an intense situation moment, you're looking to pinpoint your attack on a moving target that doesn't want you to touch it. Yep. Like, that's that's the way I'm going to be. I don't mind. Like, I love it when people say call their shots or when they say they're going to do something crazy and I give them a challenge and they beat it. I think that's fucking great. Makes the game awesome and the story even better. Yeah. But at the same time, I think those victories should be earned in order to get that feeling of, holy shit, I did something. Yeah. No, I feel that. But I yeah, no, that. the big my favorite big bad has definitely got to be uh, Legion. Uh, that yeah. I've been able to RP. The one I look forward to most is either Balkoth, um, uh, oh, fuck, Tyranork. Okay. Tyranork is another one that I'm, I'm very interested in playing, but that's, that's going to be one of those deadly encounters. Like, the two bad guys that I'm looking forward to in my game are deadly encounters. Like, they're not... They're not going to be encounters where if you get in a fight with, if my players get in a fight with them, it's not yeah. going to be like, they're going to be like, oh, ha, 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 we figured out his mechanics. It's going to be, we've Fuck. just started to figure them out. Two players are almost dead. One's on the ground. and We're not sure what's happening yet. It's going to be one of those, yep. there are going to be a lot of little mechanics too. It's going to be like a raid boss fight back when 40 van raids and wow were like 25 van raids and wow were the top where you need to have people coordinating and talking um yep. for those fights like i'll even tell my players for the big boss fights i don't care if they sit there and try and coordinate attacks between each other outside of game the only time that i have a problem is if i have a druid in the group and they're polymorphed in a bear or a tiger and they're trying to tell the barbarian to do something Unless that bear barbarian has Sylvan or is able to talk to animals, all they're going to hear is growls, <laughs> growls, growls. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck you're saying. <laughs> what the fuck you're saying? Yeah. So, but I mean, if you're, if they're two humanoids and, you know, they talk regularly, like I have no problem with them working out mechanics and right. such. 
yeah. during the fight. Um, but yeah, no, that's those are probably the two that I most look forward to. Um, what would be yours? Uh, well, definitely, I think the the big bad I introduced uh, in our last night's session, um, I have dubbed him Axel Gracewell, which <laughs> I just think like is such a douchey sounding name that it's like perfect to just be. I feel um, like it should bad. be Axel, nickname Rose Grayskin. Yeah, but like he doesn't so. <laughs> He didn't – originally, I initially intended him to be just an NPC and to, like, I – and this is bad of me. I assumed that the group was going to be like, oh, yeah, let's 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 um, let's give the dwarf – and this was a stupidity on my part. Yeah, let's give this dwarf that's going to make this douchebag uh, 2K gold over to him just to make 1K gold. Like, I should have known the group was going to be like, <laughs> fuck you, buddy. So yeah. I kind of, like – Especially in that group. Like, there was no yeah. way anyone in that group was going to go <laughs> Well, that. so, I had um, the NPC that turned Autumn's character into a prism. He was yep. always on the battlefield. I had him in the shadows, moving around yep. the map, picking who Stealth he'd invisible. attack first. Hell yeah. And he was initially going to be the big bad. And then I introduced okay. Axel, and they weren't really going for it. And I was like, uh, like, he was supposed to be that shining knight. Who was okay. gonna like offer them some guidance and maybe travel with them to the raider leader and really help them? Cause I made this raider leader fight like really like it's their first bossy boss encounter in this new realm, um, okay. and they didn't take it. And I was like, well, what if I make Axel the first bossy boss encounter later? So I've kind of drummed up like you know the other oh, raider leader's really theatrical and. I'm trying to see if they will role-play their way into dealing with the Raider. Um, so we're going to see how that goes. But I definitely think Axel's definitely my most creative, creative big bad that I'm, I'm interested to play. Um, the next one I'm very interested to play isn't one that I've created, but it's one that I'm really itching to play, and I hope to get that campaign up off the ground soon, um, and that's Avarnus. Um, ah, the big, the, the big bad in that, whose name escapes me right now. Um, Ernest? Uh, uh, Zariel. Zariel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, probably, yep. that's probably the one I'm, I'm looking at. That's good. That would be an interesting thing for damn sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to play that can't, that whole campaign. I'm super interested to play. I've been super interested to do that since I bought it that day and killed your character twice in one session. Yup. Don't worry. You're not the only one that did that. You know who else has done that? Jake. Oh, Jake. Jake. <laughs> Playing TOA very beginning. We go through a arena style combat, like a tournament. And we're joking the whole time about how, oh, the last fight's not the last fight. The last fight's going to be a Kraken. Because throughout the whole game, like, the very first enemy you come up against in that game, or that module, is a Dragon Turtle. And you're level three. There's a Dragon Turtle trying to sink your ship. Guess what's scary as fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, every time that game is just thrown something bigger at you. So we were joking with Jake the whole time, saying, oh, yeah, there's going to be a Kraken or some shit. And then we play on, and Jake puts us against the Kraken. And literally, I want to say, killed me pro or knocked me unconscious three or four times. Like, we used up most of our health potions. Um, 
And at the time, I didn't think I had one. It's become a joke ever since because I actually did have a health potion in my bag the whole time I used it. Um, wah, wah. But, yeah, that, note to self, kids. Check your bag. Check your inventory. Stay up to date on your equipment. Um, but, yeah, he smashed me with an, uh, a cracking tunnel, I want to say, four rounds in a row dropping me to zero. Oof. And it was just like one after another, and I was like, I can't do anything because of the monk class I chose. What the crap? Oh, God, stop by hitting me so hard. Uh. Dude, for real. At that point, I was like, dude, I'm not even going to get off the ground. Just go yeah, ahead and just, swing. Just finish me off. <laughs> no, I, I've had those moments. I've I've had those moments in certain D&Ds. Um, an older version I played um, where I kind of – this is – so – I've never told you this, um, but the con conception actually. All right, so we'll go into our next topic, and I'll, I'm gonna ask myself this question. Um, the next, the next and probably final topic I kind of wanted to get into would be um, who's your favorite character to play overall? Could be NPC, could be good guy, bad guy, your own creation, whatever. So. Yeah. Uh, you first. Yeah. Uh, so I joined a campaign of players playing D&D, but they base it off of, do you remember the sci-fi show Farscape? Yes. Oh my God, yes. So I had a group of, of a, I, I don't even, I, I wouldn't call them friends. They, okay. people I knew. Okay. Um, that I at the time was hanging around with. Um, we're playing D and D, but we're playing D and D in the Farscape universe. Okay. Um, yeah, it was awkward. I played two sessions say, with them. There are better dice uh, systems for Farscape than D and D than D twenty, but okay. Yeah, it was it was awkward. Um, they were it was a lot of like the role play stuff and whatnot. Yeah. But I made a changeling. Okay. They let me make a changeling. Um, and that was kind of the birth of the idea of of Moss. Um, okay. And from that, like, I played two games. Um, some really shady shit happened. Um, I stopped. I had a friend get involved um, and help me get out of interacting with these people on a daily basis, um, which was for the better. And, but the idea of having that changeling was always on my mind. And anytime we talked D&D, I was like, oh, I really want to play a changeling. I ended up getting into a fourth edition game um, that my buddy Brian was playing, uh, coincidentally playing with uh, his fiance, or his, well, it's his wife at the time, their friend Gabe, my best friend Brandon, his boyfriend Justin, yada, yada. Yep. Um, I wanted to, to make Moss in that game, um, but he was like, eh, you know, changelings are kind of just pick pick out of the this the core rule book and i was like all right well i guess i'll be a dragonborn um which is kind of where i got the idea for axel funnily enough um and then i i ended up making a paladin so i had a dragonborn paladin um but i just really 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 wanted to make this changeling um fast forward a few years and we start you know talking again and and you had your you wanted to do your campaign and you were willing to let me be a changeling, so I put in the time and wrote this whole like essay backstory yep. for this character, Moss, who didn't know his family was quote unquote orphaned 
and taken to the College of Whispers. I made that like a real actual place, not just like a bardic class. Yep. Yep. Um, made this whole evolving saboteur-esque assassin-like backstory, and he was a political assassin that was disguised as like a normal bard of valor or bard of like you know he just. I put so much work into Moss that I have not only transcended him out of the game into other games. He is currently my Final Fantasy avatar. I've given him a last name. He is my Valheim character. <laughs> he is my he's my Discord handle. Like my friend, like Josh and I were talking the other night, and he said it's pretty bad that I don't. Re- refer to brad as brad anymore like brad is moss it's moss (laughs) um so just like a quick backstory like again orphaned picked up by the headmaster of the college of whispers made some friends had to watch a friend or had to take part in watching his best friend die was betrayed by his other friend and the headmaster of the college was on the run posing as a changeling so he yeah you were you i think you were posing as a, a i was posing or... as my friend who i watched die yeah. who happened to yeah. be a female to throw them off yeah. um he just and i've i've even taken his story farther into the forgotten realms where this group that i'm running end game is to get them to siege the college of whispers because moss wants to take it from the headmaster so they will eventually meet moss in their campaign and they will attack as i call it the the hogwarts of my D world lay siege to hogwarts yeah like and i've been working on that dungeon god oh, for god, probably for three years now um because it's not your run of the mill like oh there's some traps and some doors that no. are locked like that's i've TLA got level shit. i've got hidden passageways mm-hmm. talking yeah. talking sculptures that will lead you the wrong way and yeah. and and just i'm trying to make it Very as elaborate. like yeah yeah um but Moss is probably my favorite creation. I've taken him to so many places. He was and, fun to DM. Uh, he's, he's, he's my go-to. Like, I know Courtney gives me shit. Um, when was it your... It was your birthday one-shot. Yeah. And she's like, everyone awesome make characters. Game. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> taking Moss in. Because I, well, I could see the writing on the wall. Like, I knew that your yeah. campaign was ending. Um, yeah. potentially prematurely. Yeah. Um... And I knew for for all intents and purposes that might have been the last time I get to play Moss in a while. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I took him in. Uh, we gave him family in a one-shot, which was weird. Yeah. Um, and I made him Captain Jack Sparrow for a little while. Um, yep. But I, I have so much fun playing him because, because he's a changeling and because I kind of gave him extreme versions of my own personal like hang-ups that like it's it's like putting on a comfortable slipper yep um so i don't right it's it's more of like i don't have to worry about over theatricizing being an evil sinister character or being too much of a goody two shoes or like Uh moss was like just down to earth he was gonna make the best deal for him and his scenario 
and that was it. Like he'd help you if you need. I mean, look at the way your campaign ended. I didn't leave with the group, and I we I was just talking to Pete about this the last time you're we really spoke. One, you're the only one that's allowed back in town. I'm the only one that's allowed back in that town because, and he, it was funny because he was like, oh yeah, we got kicked out of that town because we fucked up that shopkeeper. And I was like, oh no, y'all fucked up that shopkeeper. I was hiding in the, in the orc encampment, literally playing saboteur, fucking with all the orcs. And when y'all got kicked out, I was a little old lady walking back in. Not only did I get in, I said what you missed was I went back to the bar, found the dude who was kidnapping the villagers and sending them off to the slave camps silenced the rumor and, and slit his fucking throat and then brought his body to the authorities got a fucking letter of recommendation or accommodations of the town master and pretty much a key to the goddamn city fuck y'all yep. i'm out it like... essentially that's what that's what moss got <laughs> that was that was moss's first taste of uh being a good guy and getting rewarded as such pretty much but like and that was just I, I don't know, man. I loved i love playing him i love college of whispers i'm thinking of subclassing or changing classes when Ravenmore comes out though because College of Spirits sounds dope as yeah. fuck. Dude, um, it looks nasty. Or at least or at least doing like a Halloween game. Mm-hmm. I might find somebody to cuz I have a Halloween uh scenario that I want to play called Escape from the Puppet Shop and it's literally a cult has taken over this toy store. And opened up <laughs> these eldritch <laughs> portals to the nether realm, and the party has to go and deal with them and then get out. And it oh, it sounds spooky and fun. I want to try and find somebody to DM that, okay? So I can bring Moss in and have a bunch of other people bring in their favorite characters to play and just do a one shot night <laughs> on like a Halloween <laughs> night, like just Hell yeah, do like a monster one shot. Yeah, like that's and I'd yeah. love to have everybody like. All right, pick a Ravenmorn class for your character yep. and just switch the stats around to fit who you want to bring yep. in. Kind of like going to Halloween Town in Kingdom Hearts. You know, everybody got in spooky oh, yeah. clothing. I want to yep. get into spooky clothing with Moss. That sounds dirty. Hell yeah. Dude, that'd be fun. <laughs> so that'd who fun. who would be your favorite character? My favorite, I am unfortunately tied between two. Okay. Um, and the reason is because the does, first one I'm going to say... Does the one char- of them... Did one of them go through some testicle trauma in a certain campaign? No. Well, really? Kind of. No. Um, so, the one you're talking about, Kel... Um, we talk about found- him... We talk about him every session. Every game? <laughs> every game, like... so. To, not to cut you off, but to backtrack to the game that I ran last <laughs> night, and they decided to grab the the gnome. They were like, "Great, we got another fucking troop." And Brandon goes, "Better call Cal when we get into the next fight, so the god, oh, so god. this guy can stab him in his other testicle." Oh, uh, poor Cal. Poor Cal, Cal. Cal's never having children, not by choice. Dude, because of troop, he now has like an adamantium cup, like. Just no, I've I've found personally that looking more into like the cleric of the life domain and how I imagine Kel to be as a person, um, I don't think he's much of a cleric. He's more uh okay. way of mercy monk. Um so uh, Kel won't be on the person I first talk about. First person I'm gonna talk about is uh Recorac Silver. Okay. Um, 
I want to say he was the first character I ever really played a full, uh, full through a full campaign with. Um, it was for a campaign my girlfriend was running. Um, uh, I believe it was Dragon Heist. Um, and he is a Minotaur Bloodhunter. Uh, the original way that Bloodhunters ran, they ran off of a Dex mod. Uh, so they were more of a in-your-face, dodgy, quick kind of character. Um, and the original reason I made him a, a, a Minotaur was for a joke from a WoW joke of uh, the Torin uh, saying, have you ever seen a Minotaur hunt? Well, of course not. They yeah. blend in with their surroundings, which means they stealth. But Minotaurs are nine-foot-tall cowmen or women. <laughs> like, they don't really stealth well. So I like the idea of having this giant character that was just really dodgy. Um, he was probably my most fun to play uh, yep. mechanically. Um, but they've since changed the Bloodhunter class, so he's no longer relevant. I have to remake him in order to play him again. Uh, um, and if I make him, I would probably change what order he's in. Um, the original Bloodhunter order I made him was, I believe it was Order of the... <sighs> That's great. Is male Bloodhunter... Well, yeah, anyways, it was the uh, Order of the Alchemist. Uh, Order of the Mutagen. Um, Order of the Mutant. There we go. Okay. Uh, essentially, uh, Witcher. I would make mutagens ah. on my rest that would amplify my abilities, uh, and then I'd be able to take it, and it would last until my next short rest. That's cool. Uh, I could only have so many active, um, along with like curses and shit that would reduce my uh, maximum health for duration. Yeah. Um, he was really fun because he was a big beefy character, but allowed me some control and some manipulation of the battlefield. Not to the extent of, say, a wizard or a warlock with, like, whole person and all that shit, but, like, he could do a blind. Uh, he could use his reaction where if somebody, an enemy died within five feet of him, yeah. he could use his reaction to have the body suddenly lunge in a death throw attack against the character within five feet. Okay. Um, so there was some nice battlefield manipulation that I would get with him. And the backstory that I had for him with the people that I had, he was fun to kind of play with. Um, yeah. He was the last remembering, last remaining member of his tribe. His father, who was the chief, um, was taken over by some entity. He never knew what. Um, and his chief slaughtered his entire tribe. Um, and when trying to kill Rekorak, um, he grabbed his hair and grabbed both of his wrists, uh, which has drained all color out of both those areas for uh, Rekorak. Yeah. Um, so he was very much, uh, I'm looking to hunt something down, and when I find it, it's going to be me who I feel with these hands, my sword slice in half. Like, he was very vengeful, uh, yeah. or revenge-driven, so he was kind of fun. Um, the character that is playable for me, that I have the most fun with at the moment, unfortunately is not in a game because the game was closed, uh, game was canceled. Um, another party issue. Um, it happens. Would be my, yeah, would be my, uh, barbarian Yasmina. Um, also called Yasmina the Last. Um, her backstory is almost similar to Rekorak. Uh, she's an ASMR, uh, protector ASMR, barbarian path of the guardian. Or ancestral yep. guardian. Um, so her backstory is essentially the reverse of Recorex, where she fell in love with a um, tiefling who had uh, the 
tribe had found uh, hurt. He was a traveling merchant, been attacked by bandits, was severely wounded, brought in by the camp to heal, and then essentially was supposed to be, you know, let go. Like, go back to where you came from. We don't want you here. Be gone. Um, Yasmina ended up falling in love with him, got with him, had a child, um, and the tribe wanted to kill Tiefling and the child because the tribe was very much a evil has to die kind of thing, and they saw the Tiefling's bloodline being that of a demon to be sinister and naturally evil, so therefore it had to die. Um, Yasmina, who had fallen in love, um, goes into a rage. Uh, I had it played out where um, she doesn't remember anything, and she came to, and her entire tribe was slaughtered, and she and her weapons were covered in blood. Um, so she's been dealing with the idea that something happened and she slaughtered her tribe, um, and she's trying to come to terms with it. So it was, it was a very traumatic character to play and the scenario where she was in, where she was ripped from her family. So now everything she's fought for is no longer there. And it was... It was fun to play a barbarian in that sense because it allowed me at moments where I thought she would emotionally and mentally suddenly be in anguish at the idea of, oh no, I may not see my kid again, or, or oh no, this may get out in the real world, or those moments where she panics and she's a, she was afraid that something would happen yeah. is when she would just burst into a rage, maybe pop her angel wings to fly around for 10 rounds and just fucking hack people. Um, and I think it was fun in that game also because one of the players I was playing with played a, uh, a mage and he would, he had the tendency to haste me. Yeah. And when you haste a barbarian, when they rage, they pretty much become a death machine. <laughs> yeah. Cause haste increases their movement, um, does a whole bunch of other shit. And it also gives them uh, an automatic, uh, attack or they can attack on their bonus action with haste or you get a third attack you get a third action that you can only take the attack action with um during your turn um so you can get three attacks where if a fighter gets haste they can do like five or six attacks in turn it's friggin stupid yeah um but that was probably the character that i can actually play at the moment i would have to say she's been my most fun to play um both mechanically, story-wise, and how well it flows, and just uh, pure time that I've actually had to be able to uh, play her. Because Calrac could be fun, but I, I've only put maybe four hours into Calrac, where Yasmina has at least a year and a half of playing every other week for two weeks, yeah. for two hours a day, or two hours a week. So yep. we're looking at at least like 100 150 hours put into Yasmin. Damn. Mm-hmm. But no, I'd like to get Rekorak back out. Um, but if I get his out, him out, I would definitely change the order that he was in. Um, strictly because, again, blood hunters are now intelligence based, not dex based. So yeah. I could run an intelligent or a high strength, high int character and have him be physical and let him have some knife. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 person in the um um Curse of Strahd game I was in was a wizard and he tampered with it and was starting to take levels in uh Blood Hunter and his eventual goal was a werewolf with four attacks per turn hasted and I think it was like a sixty or seventy feet movement. Brutal. It was, 
Dude, it was nasty. It was nasty. Yeah, it sounds pretty you fucking you run as an enchanter werewolf and you just enchant yourself to be a demon. Nope, but I think I think Yasmina would probably be my, my favorite character to play that I'm actually able to play. Yeah. Well that's cool, man. That is definitely Well, I think that I mean, I know we could probably find more topics to talk about and talk for another <laughs> like two hours, but we're hours. we're we're going on Oh, we've almost hit the two hour mark. I think this is gonna be yeah. the longest podcast I think we've ever recorded. Yeah, this um, the longest one to, I think the longest one before this was like an hour and twenty minutes, hour and a half. And I think that was our first episode. Yeah. Um speaking of our first episode, for all you listeners out there, if you're just joining the bandwagon now, you can head over to our anchor page, um, which is holds the phone. You can head on over to anchor.fm slash game dash weebs, W33BS, oh, excuse me, um, where all of our episodes are up there to listen to. Um, that distributes to all your major podcast services, including Spotify. So if you do do the Spotify's, um, we are also on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Public, uh, Radio much, Public, and... Pretty much anywhere you can get your podcasts from, I'm sure. We'll yeah, I, th- I think the only place we're not technically on right now is the Apple Podcast Store. Um, and that's just because I haven't downloaded iTunes to submit it, um, which I will probably get to sooner or later. Um, again, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash GameWeebs. Uh, we are also on Twitter, at GWeebs. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Yep, tweet, tweet, tweet. I, um, I try and tweet there. Typically, articles that I find um, just to spread news and awareness. Um, I might start teasing what our upcoming episodes might be and things like that. But if you have anything you would like to contribute to the show, ideas on topics or comments of that nature, uh, you can hit us up there. We also have a YouTube channel. Um, you can just search us through GameWeebs. We do also have a Discord. Links will be in the description in the YouTube video as well as on our um, Twitch page. Um, do I think that is everything, Jed, my friend. You, sir, have a fantastic night. You as well, man. You stay safe and uh, you enjoy whatever time you can. Yeah, as well as for our listeners out there, we hope you all have a fantastic evening, a fantastic weekend or week whenever you're listening to this. Stay safe out there and we will catch you next week. Be good to each other, guys. Take it easy. Peace.